Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at one 800 273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron. And joining me is your fellow host. Some guy who constantly has this weird beard named Daniel. Bye there. <laughs> and the just a person... Just Ariel. You uh, try way too hard and always <laughs> fail miserably. Uh, it's so good to be back in the studio. No. It is. I never left. It is. It is. It's nice. You never left. Really? I'm always mentally here, probably. That's creepy. I'm always here. I'm always watching. I'm hey, I didn't say I was always watching. I just said I was always here. <laughs> um... Well, today's episode, we're going to be talking about afterlife. Characters. What is, what is afterlife? It's, um, well, see, first, in order to discuss afterlife, we have to discuss the meaning of life. And the meaning of life is... 42. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, we're going to be talking about the movie Afterlife. We're going to be talking BOWs and characters today. So, Ariel, hmm. I'm pitching it to you. Let's yeah. talk some characters. Sure. What do you want to talk about? All of the characters. Every last one of them. Including, That's important. Including the ones without names. All right. Janitor one. Janitor so, two. So we've got sniper number one. Oh, God. Here it goes. No, just kidding. I'm going to start with Bennett. Yeah, my favorite. Not. Oh, no. He, ugh. Such a dick. No, not him. <laughs> Never Bennett. So Bennett Sinclair was a Hollywood film producer. And was the hidden secondary antagonist of the movie. If you want to call him that, that's what they call him. He wasn't really hidden. (laughs) He was always a dick. So Bennett was one of the few survivors hiding in the Citadel Correctional Facility. He was firstly present when Angel sounded the alarm after spotting the plane. And following Alice's crash landing, he immediately asked if she was sent to rescue them, only to storm off upset after she declined. He has a very pompous nature and doesn't treat anyone with respect. Very entitled. 
He mostly stayed clear of any plans that the group had devised to escape. Instead, staying with Kim and Angel as they worked on cutting the locks on the garage door. And he's the one that shot Angel in the head out of anger. And then abandons Kim when he's like, no, not gonna go. So then he decides to steal Alice's plane. Crash lands on the Arcadia and starts working for Wesker. So he just consistently stays a dickhead through the entire movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. I bet he's the reason that Chris stayed locked up. Don't let him out. He looks clearly like a prisoner. So the next one I'm going to go into is Angel. So Angel is the apparent co-leader of the group of survivors in the facility. He keeps watch on the prison rooftop in hopes of somebody coming from Arcadia. And him and Luther both shoot off the flares every hour to try to get Arcadia's attention after they stop the broadcasting. He was the Citadel's mechanic, decent with firearms, and was subsequently killed by the dickhead Bennett. Also want to note, he was once with the 57th Airborne Division. So he a badass. Yeah. So before we go any further, I know I should save this for the, the talk episode. And we'll talk more about this later. But I do want to mention, even though he was in the military, and I hate when movies do military members and veterans dirty like they don't know how to fight. I like the way he was killed. He was killed from behind, unexpected, and he didn't think, honestly, that old dickhead had it in him. Yeah, I mean... Saying that, Bennett would be like the bad guy. Like, you kind of see it coming. He's just a fucking entitled asshole. You yeah. wouldn't really think that he'd just off and shoot you. No. It's just an entitled dick. But I like how they took him out that way, you know? This guy was ready for anything and survived this long. And to be taken out that way kind of humanized him in a way. That's why I said. We'll talk about it later. But I did want to make a point. I did like what they did there. Yeah. So, ready for the next one? It's Luther. Oh, Luther. My boy, Luther. <laughs> Fucking love Luther. Luther West served as the apparent leader of the group of survivors in Citadel facility. And he was a former pro basketball player. I kind of like that, too. Kind of put, you know. Mm-hmm. So... Him being strong and athletic and displaying leadership skills is kind of how he became the leader of the group. And he is actually the one that keeps Chris in the cell. Oh, it's his fault. Ugh. Damn it, Luther. I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> and when they all decide to go into the tunnels that the Majini created under the prison... This is when he was taken by a Majini and presumed dead. However, he managed to survive. And his last words, not his last words, the last words in this movie were, That's right, star power bitches. <laughs> I wanted to add that in there because that was pretty awesome. 
So, yeah. His most iconic this quote was, uh, maybe you're a fan of timepieces? <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry, but that quote stuck with me forever. <laughs> like, I really wanted to hate Luther because I thought he was going to be this pompous, like, I'm a pro basketball player. Dude was really nice. Like, I was like, damn it. I like you. I wanted to not like you, but because I thought he was going to be like, you know, the jockey type. That man, he was, he's a legend. I love Luther. I like Luther, but I will save that for the discussion. So. Uh, On to my next character, Chris Redfield. Huh. No boulder punches here. That we know of. <laughs> so, Chris fought alongside a unit of soldiers from the U.S. Army who were deployed to guard the Citadel Correctional Facility in L.A. during the pandemic. The military wanted to use the prison as a stronghold, and they intended to evacuate the prisoners, but the situation in the prison began to deteriorate, so they just released the prisoners to aid them in the fight, and then they were ordered to pull out. And poor Chris. Poor Chris. He was jumped by prisoners who threw him in the cell to begin with and left him there. And when the six survivors came into the abandoned prison, they found him, didn't trust him, and kept him in there. It makes you want to think, though. I should save that for the discussion. It makes you want to think, though. What did Chris do to really piss the prisoners off enough to want to make him, to throw him in a cell? Mm. If it's a pandemic, like zombie pandemic, okay? You're a prisoner. You're trapped in here. Like, the first thing I'm thinking of is get the fuck out. Or keep me in here. One yeah. of the two. Yeah. What did he do to piss them off so much that they were like, hold on, wait a minute. We're going we're gonna to throw him in there. I have many answers for that, but I'll save it. Man, we should just really skip this episode and go to straight to the discussion. Right. <laughs> Technically, discussion is in this episode. Ah, uh, skip this part of the episode and go straight to discussion. There you go. Right. So basically, what happens next is Alice has him released. Mm -hmm. He finds Claire, who's suffering from the amnesia at this point, doesn't remember him. He gets all excited, and then she's like, I'm going to kill you. You know what? He hasn't. He wasn't seen again. That's it. It's because they didn't have David Boreanaz play him. I'm just saying, David Boreanaz was my first go-to for Chris. <laughs> no, he was Wentworth. Uh, Wentworth Miller. I still like him. <laughs> yeah. So he's okay. Captain Cold. He's, ca he's okay. But I'm just saying, David Boreanaz. <laughs> so my next character is Crystal. Crystal Waters, and she... It's a real generic name. <laughs> it really is. I kind of like it. Crystal Waters. Like, <clears throat> I wonder if she was born by... Really like clean a... water? Yeah. She served as the cook in the facility and was mostly and mostly had an upbeat personality and had a very strong dislike 
quite a bit. And was a champion swimmer back in high school. And unfortunately met her demise by the machine. Look, I can swim, guys. And then... <laughs> Oh, I'm back in the water. What? All right, you've you've uh, you've you've lost for usefulness, so uh, we're just gonna go ahead and get ready now. We don't need swimming anymore. It's what oh, it it's felt just, like. It's classic Anderson Resident Evil. You introduce a whole new group of characters, all of them die. <laughs> what a twist! What a twist! So my next character is Kim Young. And he was intern for Bennett and the most timid member of the group. He was quiet and did not want to take any chances or go anywhere near danger. And because of that, his hesitation to follow the others into the tunnel is what led to his demise by the Axeman or the Executioner. To the face! Oh boy, I don't want to, but... We got Wendell. Wendell. Wendell the perv. I'm so glad he died the way he did. (laughs) (laughs) So Wendell took turns watching Chris, like guarding him. I'm glad you specified after we said Wendell the perv. Yeah, I thought she clarified that. <laughs> he would take took guard or took a watch to make sure Chris didn't get out. And he's the one that started hearing the Majini, but didn't know what they were. When he made the comment about hearing things behind the walls, hearing sounds behind the walls, and decided to have a little peek while Alice was taking a shower. That is where he met his demise. By a Majini. Good. And that is my characters of Resident Evil Afterlife. Didn't we get Wesker introduced in this one? Wesker was introduced in this, yes, but I want to cover him in the final chapter when we have it all done, put together. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Then I will cover Wesker. Oh, I Because we also had Kmart, but I already went over. Yeah. And Jill and, you know... Claire and Alice. Kmart literally had a five second visual shot in this one. That's pretty much how much she was important. <laughs> I mean, she was pretty important because she knocked Bennett out. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I have on my characters. Okay. So characters out of the way. Danny boy. Let's talk B.O.W.s. You uh-huh. got a list of them this time. I always have a list of them. Mm-hmm. And usually it's not a long list. Not for the movies. Though one of the BOWs, there is a little over 10,000 of those. It was an exact number, Daniel. Exact. (laughs) Yeah. According to the movie, there was about 10,000. Oh, no. No, no. It said 10,000. Not about 10,000. You do the thing. You let me do mine. (laughs) (laughs) Getting schooled over here by character. Trying to do a Ghostbuster reference there, but uh, oh my god, uh, yeah. So there was about ten thousand, about Ariel, exactly in caps. <laughs> ten thousand zombies just around the prison area, because when they first hit on LA, they couldn't figure out where they were at. Then they got closer, and they were like, "Oh, look, they're all around the prison." 
That is that is an oddly specific amount. Ten thousand. There's there's ten thousand. How, how do you know? We we counted them. Luther all. probably counted. We can't. Luther was so bored he counted them he, all. He has time for time pieces, so he's got time to count. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the zombies. There's not much difference from most of the zombies that you see in the other movies. As far as the physiology of the zombies, they still want to eat flesh and are annoying and apparently can't break down chain link walls stuff like that <laughs> the huge yeah so then we also had the Majini undead which if you go by Resident Evil 5 they shouldn't technically be undead because they have a parasite and I think the parasite needs a living, living host but in the Paul Anderson movies the Majini undead are similar to the regular Majinis where they can open their mouth and attack I'm not sure if they exactly have the Plagas in them to where they can transfer it or you know make more of a genie that way it's not really specified they are stronger they apparently can dig tunnels smart enough to make plans <laughs> in order to dig these tunnels but they are a little bit stronger than normal zombies as they can actually think I, a bit more I would say I don't think they have much capability beyond that then you also have the undead dogs, but in this case, instead of just being like the Cerberus where they're just your run-of-the-mill zombie dogs, you have what is similar to Resident Evil 5's Adjulay, which is the ones that can split apart. That I liked. I liked that they did that, yeah. Weaknesses glass and quarters. <laughs> glass and quarters. glass at you. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> gosh. There were also Wesker's bodyguards. Pretty pretty shitty bodyguards. Their weaknesses are glass and coins. They did a better job than Bennett did. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) But yes, they're basically stronger than the Cerberus slash undead dogs. So they can split apart and I would say envelop you. But they're basically just glorified zombie dogs. Then the last one we have is... Ariel's favorite, the Axeman, otherwise known as the Executioner. Yes. Apparently he somehow gets nails in his head, don't know how. He's way taller than normal, super strong. While running, can still swing his axe pretty well. I, I was questionable on that. I don't know how he... Like, I, I know he's got the strength to do it, but like the ability to ca- stay caught up with Alice and Claire with that, that was where I was questionable on since they're moving at the same time he is. But his weakness is head, his head exploding. <laughs> Even though he's been shot in the head multiple times while he was trying to knock down a fence. Pros, he can knock down a large gate. <laughs> Takes him a while. With a car in front of it. Uh, Why he couldn't do that in the first place when he started hitting it, I don't know. Maybe there wasn't enough zombies pushing at it like a chain link fence to help him. He didn't have enough room. Like he couldn't get the full swing effect on the hammer because he didn't want to hit the other zombies. I don't think so. You know what it was? That fence was protected by plot armor. Yeah. Tink. (laughs) Every one of those was a plot armor tink. Literally. (laughs) If you listen close, you hear a tink. Oh my gosh. Somebody should count that for us and then put it in the Discord. How many plot armor tinks that 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 gate could hold. (laughs) You'll get respect. That's all you'll get because I don't have anything to give <laughs> you'll you. You'll get respect. <laughs> Daniel only gives respect. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make a meme in your name. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
that's worth it, right? But yes, so he is stronger, more resilient, can definitely take a lot of shots. But again, his head is his weakness in some way. Though, ironically, we never see what his face looks like. You know, I've always been interested to see what it looks like. Like, because he's also way taller than normal. Did the virus make him taller? Or was that something that he was already tall and it just, you know, helped him out? And he seems, out of all the BOWs listed for this episode, he seems to be the most intelligent of them. So, one thing. I know, just bring it up to the discussion, but I'm just going to put it in here now. Running through tile water in dress shoes and he didn't slip once that's part of his virus uh capabilities oh okay. yeah it allows him to run without slipping okay that had to have been it because he had dress shoes on if you look at his feet those are dress shoes maybe he has really good rubber soles no no just no yeah, I think it is. Using his ass, or his ass, his axe slash ice pick. <laughs> but anyways, that is basically what I have on the creatures here. The axe man should be undead, but it's not clarified. I would classify it as undead since he took a bunch of quarters to the face and chest and still kept going until his head exploded. Also, he was unaffected by the other zombies. They left him alone. Mm-hmm. So it goes with uh, the whole logic of the if your T-virus infected, why they don't fight each other. That's another thing. When we get to the final discussion episode for all these movies, I'm going to bring up. Why did they try to fight? Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> That's next episode. <laughs> next episode. All right, boy. That's all I have for the BOWs. And like I said, somebody get me the plot armor tanks <laughs> from the gate. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, with all that being said, I think it's time for us to go to mid break. And when we come back from our mid break, it's time for discussion. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here we are in the middle of the show, Ariel. Yep. What do we do in the middle of the show? Come on. You know this. It's awful middle, Andrew. Yes. What do we also do? Thank our patrons. Yes. We have to thank our lovely patrons, such as our VIP patrons, Angela Mortis, Oracle, Cerberus91, Chaotic Kia, Chris Slate, Everything Res Evil, Glenn Meeks, Jay Zoobs, Kyle Wilson, Lord Salazar. Naked Mango, Pocket Comet, The Compound, The Pumpkin King, The Seven Sins, and William Jackson. We also have to thank our All Access patrons, Antique Toganez, Dead Sox, Donnie Shanks, Edward Parks, Jeremy Kelly, Joseph Sucknanen, Remington Cloutier, and our official patrons, Ryan Black, Santa Beast 72, and Some Random Guy. So thank you to our patrons. That's a lot of patrons. Yes, thank you, patrons. We do greatly appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, mm-hmm. because you are just as important. It's true. Without you, we wouldn't have a show, right, Ariel? You know, if I got to actually <laughs> say it. 
So uh, before we get to the mid-break stuff, I do want to announce we have all 25 slots filled for the miniatures, and I will be sending that off to the compound as soon as everybody gets me their updated addresses. I think I'm waiting on one or two people as of right now. Um, If we don't get updated addresses, uh, and you know who you are because we got you an email sent out, um, I'll have to unfortunately rotate you out the list because the compound... It's been waiting on this list for a while. Uh, I don't want to make him wait anymore. And I don't want to get you off the list. So make sure you send me the updated addresses. If you've already sent it, don't worry. I've got it. Um, but yeah, that's the update on the miniatures for the compound. That is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you uh, haven't yet, go check out the compound on uh, Twitch. They do all kinds of nerd stuff. I love it. <laughs> uh, so... Now on to the mid-break stuff. Daniel, what do you got for us? Oh, lucky me. Have you ever wanted to act like you were Alice? The answer is always yes. Or be controlled by Umbrella? No. (laughs) And no. You don't want to be controlled by Umbrella? Who would want to? Well, in this case, some people might. If you want to be, you can... Buy some Resident Evil Halloween contacts from WickedIZ.com. They are real similar to the Umbrella logo, so you can have similar contacts when you're being controlled by Umbrella like Alice was. I mean, that is pretty cool, though. Looks like they're normally $64.95 for a pair, but they're currently on sale at $39.95 per pair. They're in stock. Looks like they ship from Georgia. They do actually have a video showing that, but it does not specify the shipping. But that is Wicked Eyes. It's actually WickedIZ.com. If you want to look like you're controlled by Umbrella. And if you are, let us know so we know not to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) See you. Well, I mean, mean, we just don't want it, you know. Uh, I don't want to deal with that. What's what's the word I'm looking for? Where you help umbrella? You're not gonna get the word. I already. I look at Aaron. I nope. can tell he's nope. not gonna give me the Aiden, word. Aiden a bed. I don't know. No. I'm Sis? looking at looking at Aaron. He's not gonna no. give me the word. He's not he's, gonna give me the he's word. Just, it's just like charades with Aaron. He's gonna <laughs> get it wrong every time. <laughs> Is it a jackal? Jackal. It's a jackal. No, Stewie. It's not. <laughs> All right, that's what I have currently. Uh, so please, no umbrella control. But if you do get them, take some pictures. So on that note, <laughs> oh, so Ariel, what'd you bring for us today? Well, I read an article, much like I always do, and this one comes from Gamespot, and the title is Shinji Mikami finished the Resident Evil Four remake, and he had some thoughts. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Resident Evil series creator Shinji Mikami recently finished the RE4 remake and took to Twitter to share his thoughts. The legendary game director tweeted a photo of one of the remake's last scenes with the caption, RE4 cleared successfully. I enjoyed it very much. See, I misled you there. You did, because I definitely thought it was going to be some shit talking. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, he enjoyed it thoroughly. Well, 
it's awesome so I don't understand why he wouldn't <laughs> I mean they did I yes I like it it's just they they did change some stuff it's fucking harder well yeah but I mean like just you know they changed some stuff so but yeah he enjoyed it very much well I'm glad you brought that article Ariel because that leads me into what I'm bringing for you today. So, on Etsy, we have, from the creator, Grifty Gamer Guy, a custom RE4 Las Plagas themed controller for the Xbox. This thing is awesome, and everyone needs one. <laughs> We've got a red controller, with the Illuminatos logo in the center. The four from the RE4 logo to the, I think, right side of the controller. And then we've got a little forested scene here with none other than Dr. Salvatore coming straight out of the woods. For anyone who doesn't know who that is, it's Chainsaw. Chainsaw! <laughs> uh, this item is handmade. And it is painted using a solvent airbrush and sealed with highly durable 2K gloss clear coats. So it's really nicely crafted. It is very nice looking. And for all of you asking, okay, well, it's an Xbox controller. It is the most recent Xbox controller to come out. And you can use this with both your original Xbox series, uh, your, your, well, your Xbox you know, one and the Xbox Series X and S. So it can be used both. So it, you know, it is modern. The prices for these, though, is you can get just the faceplate for $79.99, the faceplate and tools for $85.99, or you can get the full controller put together and ready to go for $139.99. Uh, this isn't the only controller, however, from the store. They also have a several other different theme style controllers. Uh, we've got a Red Dead Redemption controller theme. We have Nuka-Cola. There's all kinds of different themes here. And if you don't have an Xbox, that's no problem. We also have the PlayStation 5 controller readily available and ready to go. Prices will vary based on what you're getting, obviously. But yeah, go check it out on Grifty Gamer Guy. I just ordered Ariel's. So she's going to have a new RE4 controller to Fuck play with. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'll go good with? Hmm. The shirt I just got in the mail today. Oh, yes. Well, it's a tank top, but yeah. How did it on Public, Daniel? Never heard of them. <laughs> really? I only sometimes talk about them. Only sometimes. No, but for real, I did get a tank top from Public. That has the Los Illuminados symbol on it, and it's like on fire. It looks fucking awesome. Oh my god, it does. I love it. Also got a Korok shirt, but that is not Resident <laughs> Evil. So. Oh. So yes, if you want to order your controller, uh, link will be in the show notes below. And uh, if you want to check out Ariel's tank top, you can go to Public and find it there, right? You just found it right off the bat, didn't you? Yeah, I legit just searched Resident Evil tank tops. <laughs> so there was a but there's a shit ton of cool ones. 
but I really wanted that Los Illuminados one, so I got it. So, with all that being said, it's the end of the mid-break, right? Yeah. Hey, Daniel, did you get a chance to check out my badass dice I just got? I may or may not have eaten one. You, uh, I hope the fuck not. Those were expensive as fuck. But you know what? I saved 10% off of them. See, so the 10% you saved on it is my meal. <laughs> Your meal. Oh but my for God. real, I finally, finally, finally got my obsidian dice. Mm-hmm. My gemstone dice. I've been wanting for quite a while. I got it on FanRoll Dice. And I used our promo code AlmightyC10, which is A-L-L, Mighty, the letter C in 10, and saved myself 10% off of those bad boys. They're so fucking pretty. They are very pretty. And honestly, I say they were fucking expensive. I mean, they kind of were. But they were really like only 80 bucks. It's not. It's not that expensive for obsidian dice. Yeah, like it's, they're gemstone dice, so. I mean, most places you go to, they're going to be double the price. Oh yeah, I absolutely love them. They're so fucking smooth. They're so pretty. I'm so happy. Hey, Ariel. What? What if I told you? You'd probably be lying. That if you waited another week, you could partner our promo code, AlmightyC10, with the other promo code, which is uh, MDG10, and you could get yourself 20% off. Well, fuck. I did get a cool... (laughs) Like, they threw in a free set of dice with it, though, when I ordered mm. it, so. so. A free set of $15 dice resin. I, this is this is why I love supporting this company and, and pushing their product. Because they're about the fans. They really are. They, they just threw in a free set of dice. They were like, hey, here's another promo code you can throw out there. They are all about you as the fans. And that's why I love having them as a sponsor, honestly. Yeah, they're, I do absolutely love their dice. And I'm not just saying that because they're our sponsor. I really do. I have a few, quite a few <laughs> sets of theirs. Because, like, they're good dice. Mm-hmm. They're good prices. And you can save yourself some money. And then they just randomly throw in free dice. It's actually really pretty. The Celestial Blossom is what I got. The free set. Oh, yeah. They're actually really pretty. So... With all that being said, I guess there's only one more thing to announce. We get to go home? (laughs) We don't get to go home. No, this year we get to go to Gen Con. What's Gen Con? I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Oh! So Gen Con happens once a year. It's a magical time where all the tabletop gaming community comes together and we nerd out. (laughs) Happens in Indianapolis every year uh it's around august and uh this year it is i don't remember the exact dates um it was like the first week of august yes yeah, first week of august we're going on that friday and saturday and uh i don't know yet we're waiting to hear back but i may be running a cyberpunk red table for people to come play at for a little bit um but if you're there and you see us uh come say hi uh you know we'll be walking around we might be wearing some of our own merch store stuff so you'll be able to pick us out of the crowd. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yeah, come. Hey, this is a podcast. But if you see us. Yeah, come hang out. <laughs> I mean, if they've attended the Twitch AMAs, they might have seen they us. They might have seen us. Yeah. Or Patreon chats. Yeah, we do Discord. You know, we, we, we do Twitch streams. 
Um, but yeah, we're going to be at Gen Con. Myself, Ariel, and Daniel will be running around on that Friday and Saturday, just hanging out, having a good old time, maybe running some tables, looking at new stuff we can buy because we're total nerds for tabletop games just as much as Resident Evil. Um, yeah, I know the places I'm going already. <laughs> Chaosium. Yep. Fanroll. Yep. Artelsorian. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's happening. So anyway, that's that's our big announcements. So uh, hope to see you there. And uh, if we do, come say hi. But on that note, I guess it's time to end the mid-break. So here we are at the end of the episode. <laughs> it's awful burpy in here. Oh, my God. Do you know what uh, time it is for this end of the episode? Tool time. It's tool time. Uh, Daniel, you're uninvited. Uh, I don't believe that. <laughs> No, it's discussion time. The time that we've been begging for it to get here. It's discussion time. So let's discuss. I got nothing. After, oh, you, you get the fuck out of here with that. You want, okay. You want me to go first? <laughs> let's go first. Dan, you've been antsy. Let's go. What, what do you got? The irony of Crystal's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were literally just discussing this while I was smoking outside. So her name is Crystal Waters. But yeah, so sure, name is ironic because her name is Crystal's Wa- Crystal Waters. Mm-hmm. She's supposedly a great swimmer. And then the Maginny undead, apparently a great swimmer, says, well, and then pull her into the water, and she died in the water. All water-related activities. In not crystal clear water. Yeah. Do you... Well, she supposedly died. We, it's assumed she's dead, but... (laughs) There was a lot of blood for her to not be dead. Maybe she stabbed one of them. Uh, Um, can we just stop for a minute and think maybe... It wasn't so much irony, but a last-minute character addition because they couldn't explain how to get through the water. <laughs> well, I was telling Daniel, I'm like, I felt like somebody got bored. Mm-hmm. And it was like, let's have some fun with this. <laughs> but just, yeah, the irony of her name. Why her na- And then she died in the water. Now, it'd be different if like she would have drowned, then that would definitely be true irony. You'd be like, you're this great swimmer, and yet you drowned in the water. Mm. But she didn't. Oh, boy. So I've got one. We're going to back it up to the beginning of the movie. <gasps> we can't do that. We're already too far. No, we're too far. So uh, the scarab that was on Claire's chest at the beginning of this. I, I'm i not going to go too much into this discussion, but I liked how they introduced it into the storyline for the next movie moving forward. They didn't just be like, okay, this is what happened. They introduced it gradually. Because the scarab was, as we know, RE5 thing. I liked how they just kind of gradually introduced it with, oh, Claire had one, and then other people started having one in this movie. What do you guys think? I thought if Umbrella had the tech to do that, especially because it could move Mm -hmm. after she threw it down. The RE5 one, I don't think had that capability. So if they've got the tech to do that, why do you really need BOWs? Just go into the tech industry. <laughs> I I mean, I did like the introduction of it, but I never understood. Was, okay, Claire fought too hard and they left her behind. That was the story. Mm-hmm. Wesker knew who Claire was. Now... Why the fuck would they just let Claire go? 
why wouldn't they knock her out, do something, you know, to let the scarab fully take over? And then used her. I mean, if they did that to Jill, they wanted Jill. They would have wanted Claire. Because she's also a badass. So, mm. I, f I didn't like that explanation. I wasn't a fan of that explanation of, oh, she fought too much to be left her behind. Really? Yeah. I'm sure Jill would have given you a run for her money, too. Mm-hmm. I kind of excuse it away with... Plot armor? Well, yeah, and I mean, think about it. They they got the scarab on her chest. It was only a matter of time before it took completely over. So they were just like, why fight her when we can just come back and get her eventually? And then when old boy took over complete control of the ship, Wesker basically said at the end of the movie he pretty much ate the entire crew to sustain himself. So they just never went back and got her is kind of how I excused it away for myself. They would have documented it, though. Yeah. I just feel like Wesker's too cocky of an asshole to actually give a shit about going and getting Claire. Because he didn't even really like Jill. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't like it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like the explanation of it. No. No. What do you think? I told your brother she went into tech. <laughs> but then it also... Uh, the amnesia thing. Mm. Especially if it didn't fully take take over. I mean, maybe it, maybe it wasn't fully activated either because she wasn't in the presence of whoever put it on her. Maybe there's more to it. Like, as far as if, if they would have captured her, brought her in, hey, we put the scarab on her, and now we've got to do something else to up its either dosage yeah. or something tech-based that gives you complete control. Maybe they didn't fully get to do what they wanted to. I mean, if that was the case, though, I wish they would have just explained it that way. Yeah. Not enough time. Not enough explanations. Too much plot armor. Too much plot armor. I mean, it is a piece of metal. Tink. <laughs> I do feel like they... I, I do feel like you're kind of on the ball with that, though, because she was really the only one who was affected by the amnesia when it came to that scarab. Yeah, that we can tell. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of get it. Like, it didn't... They weren't able to fully get it to work, so... Could be a side effect. Yeah. Again, Ariel's right, though, too. Like, just explain it that way. Just don't be a dick about it. <laughs> but uh, moving on, let's talk about Luther. What were your thoughts when you first heard him say he's a professional basketball player? Honestly, I thought it was pretty cool. Kind of, you know, usually it's just like, oh, I'm a cook, I'm a waitress, I'm a, you know, like just normal, mm -hmm. normal everyday jobs, normal everyday people. And then you have like, you know, Super Saiyan Alice. And <laughs> Super Saiyan Alice. <laughs> 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 but. I liked it. It kind of incorporates other professions. You know, you, you don't really see professional sports players or like, you know, stuff like that. So no. I liked it. I thought it was nice. Okay. Daniel, what were your thoughts when he first came in? Introduced I th himself. I think 
if we're going with the irony part of this, it would have been funnier if they would have just had him wearing like a basketball jersey, <laughs> like his like his sports stuff. <laughs> but he was in his like normal apparel. But it would have been more hilarious if he was wearing a basketball jersey, just at least the jersey. Then we could have had his last name on the back of it. The billboard wasn't enough. No, oh my god, that just that kind of sounded vain when he made them look at it. Right? It's like, hey, look at me. I'm on a I'm on a billboard. Maybe you're a fan of timepieces. Uh, look at the billboard. It says produced by Bennett at the bottom. <laughs> it's all connected. I you. I did like how they threw into. You know, he was the one that jumped up and grabbed the tail end of the plane. Like, I liked that reference, too, of like, hey, I'm a basketball star. Mm -hmm. Look at my jump. Look at my jumps. So that is something I really liked about this movie is they they particularly went into each character's skill set and what they were good at. And I was going to mention, yeah, that tail jump was awesome. Like, what? What purpose is a basketball player going to have on a team of survivors? And then he just Hulk slams the back end of that. And you're like, okay, all right. You got me. <laughs> He's not the only superpowered individual. I, uh, I would say my first initial reaction was I honestly thought he was going to be a total, a total douche. I mean, when have you ever seen a jock in a movie that wasn't a douchebag? I mean... The media does tend to play celebrities mm -hmm. as assholes. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of them are, but not all of them. Not all of them, no. But I mean, even then, you got to think about how many times have you seen on the news a professional athlete has done something stupid? It's like all over the place, all the time. So I honestly thought going into this, when they introduced him as a professional athlete, he was going to be this massive just asshole. But it was nice as we went through the movie to just experience him as a genuinely good person. I really liked Luther. Mm -hmm. Even like when I first watched this, I really liked him. Thought it was weird. The romance between him and Alice. Yeah. Cause like it started to, you know, Kindle, I guess you could call it lots of flirting. It was just weird. Yeah, I didn't think it was really necessary. No, <laughs> it wasn't. But I did like his character. I liked him. Yeah. I wanted to like him when he was first introduced. I wanted these things to happen. I just didn't have my hopes up. But when they did happen, I got even more excited about Luther as a character. Yeah. Yeah, Luther for the win. <laughs> so, um, on that note... Let's talk Chris and being locked up. That was something you brought up in the beginning of this episode. You wanted to talk about why they locked him up. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? No. They didn't give me much to like form a thought process on him. Because I can't compare this Chris to actual Chris from the games. Mm. So, you know, they didn't really give me much to go on. He seemed like a douchebag at first, like a dickhead. But, I mean, I would be a dickhead, too, if these assholes kept me locked up in a fucking cell. Yeah. So you can't really hold that against them. And I don't know. 
I didn't have much to base off. Like, what the fuck did he do to have the prisoners fucking throw him in there? Because, honestly, that... If you were a prisoner... And, like, you got let out because of all these fucking zombies... You're like, I gotta get the fuck out. Your first thought wouldn't be, Hey, let's go throw that asshole in a jail cell. Unless you really hated the fucker. So what did Chris do? <laughs> well, I have some thoughts here. So he said him and his unit took over the prison as like a stronghold. And they didn't let the prisoners out at first. Which to me means that they took over prison duties for a time being. They are military. They're not going to treat them like a civilian guard would. They're not going to deal with much crap. So I like to think that they were just tougher on these prisoners than normal civilian security guards would be. And that may have provoked some violence towards them. So when these guards, these makeshift guards finally release the prisoners because like we need bodies. I like to think Chris probably was in charge of it all and they probably took retaliation against him. Possibly, yeah. It's not that they were being assholes. They were just doing what they had to and what they were trained to in the meantime of trying to get some sort of sense of norm back. But Chris is to blame because he's the one in charge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could, I could see that logic. Yeah. What do you think? I have a simple answer. Oh, yes. Plot armor? No. no. Oh, it could be plot armor, but <laughs> I think one day he just simply boulder punched one too many prisoners as if they were a boulder, <laughs> and they determined they didn't like that. Okay, I'm going to play off of this. Okay. It wasn't the prisoners he boulder punched. How do you think he got the cells open? <laughs> and they took it as like, oh, this fucker is like beast mode. We got to lock his ass up. He's one of those fuckers. It's one of those. Like, Well, then the question is, too, why was he in like the isolation cell instead of being like in your normal prison cell? Because either way, I mean, they could have locked him in one of the normal ones. Why was he in one that had mm. was separate? Did those guys move him, or did the prisoners put him in that one? Right. I mean, we could go even simpler with this entire explanation and say, when he finally released the one who was in this solitary cell, it was probably some big Billy badass. He's the one that threw him in there. He just went and threw him in there and took all his shit and left. Like He's like, I'm not sticking around to help you guys fight. I'm out. Deuces. It was the axe man. Yeah, it was, I was the thinking X-Man. that too. As soon as you said Billy Badass, I said yeah. it's the huge axe man. Yeah, prior to him getting infected. It's all right. That's it. We've established it. it's canon. The axe man before being infected through Chris into this is all done. Oh my gosh. Well, enough about Chris. Let's talk about something else. Uh, the. The new B.O.W.s introduced into this. How'd you guys feel about these B.O.W.s all being introduced in this movie? The Mm-hmm. They were wrong. They were wrong. Not undead. 
If you go by five, they're parasite-driven, so a parasite well, needs a living host, I think. I wonder if they did that, and I wonder if they call him the Axe Man, solely because they're all, I think they're all infected with T-virus, aren't they? That was the mm-hmm. one virus that got released into the world. So they wouldn't be just Majini, they'd be undead, Majini undead, because it's a T-virus Majini, which I know that's not really a thing, but maybe that was their way of making a Majini, but... It's a T-virus one, so they're undead. And I that's see. why it's an X-Men and not an Executioner. I see your logic. I just don't like it. <laughs> well, and that would explain also why they keep calling this universe a parallel to the Cannonari. It would be, you know, they from the very beginning, they derived and only went T-virus route. Whereas in the games, they've gone multiple different routes to try to get different results. We just need to remember this for next episode, for next discussion episode. Okay. Yes. Okay. We can continue more of this there because <laughs> there's a there's a thing in that one that throws everything off. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I agree with you, Ariel. I think they just did it because of the T-virus route. Lazy. Lazy. Lazy writing. But honestly, like, I liked the introduction of Majini or Majini Undead, if that's what you want to talk I liked the introduction of the Executioner and the... Dogs. The zombie dogs. <laughs> I loved it because it's different. It's It was something different. It wasn't just zombies, liquors, Cerberus. Something different. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. And they introduced them for multiple reasons. Their main reason for introducing them into this was to make it scarier and gorier. I flat out said that. But it's also because they keep, I will say, this this universe of canon did a wonderful job about keeping us as fans happy by introducing small elements of the main game. It was exciting for us each and every time one of these new movies came out to see what new elements they would add from the game. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I liked it, too. I, I liked the introduction. Daniel's the only one who didn't. <laughs> I deal with it. I deal with it. I deal with it. Uh, well, Ariel, is there anything else you want to bring up? Yeah, I just can't remember what it was now. I had it in, like, the beginning of all this, and my memory doesn't last, so it's... Oh. Yeah, there is something I'd like to go... I loved the kind of reference to the... Zenobia. You know, with Arcadia now being a ship. Mm. I thought that was really cool, too. Yeah, and that was basically the only reference made because it was completely different, but I just kind of liked it with that little, oh, it's a ship. What did you think about Zenobia being referenced, Daniel? I would have liked to see more of the ship prior to the crew being gone. Like how things actually were. Mm. And then where they had all these people, were they all in these containers? Oh, we saw some of them were in like the pod things that got brought up, but was the ship legitimately big enough to do that all? Because they walked through that area with shipping containers. Was everybody in the shipping containers as well? Pod would, pods would take up a lot of room. Are you talking about like the top deck? 
No, like when they went down in, they were walking mm. through an area that had shipping containers in it before they got to one of the pot areas, I believe. But I don't think there would, because what they say, there was like 2,000 people on there. Yeah. I mean, pods will take up a lot of room, especially if they're like down and enclosed, so you lose some of your space. But, of course, plot armor, you don't know how it actually looks in there. Yeah, and the other thing you got to keep in mind is the way that those pods were established, they were tiled. Like, there was no space in between. When one pod would rise, the other one would pod, you know. You had two pods literally up against each other on the floor. And those shipping containers... That's the problem with movies. They don't really do the size of ships justice. Those shipping containers are massive. And you easily could have two, 3,000 people on those ships. I mean, they're massive. So the real question is sleeping quarters. If they've got that many people embedded on the bottom, you know, the bottom level is pretty much null and void at this point of the ship because that's where all the containers are. Where's the sleeping quarters for all this crew? Well, not just the sleeping quarters. They were used for experimentation. So mm-hmm. where's your lab? Yeah. We only, all the labs. We only potentially saw one. Yeah, yeah, the one with Wesker in it with the weird zombies mm-hmm. on the tables. Yeah, there was a lot. I agree. I wish we would have seen more of the ship. We literally only got to see like three sections of the ship. Four if you count the top end, which I don't. Cause we only saw the important sections. <laughs> I'm on a boat. Wasn't going fast, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, yes, the ship. That was a nice little addition. I did like that little twist because the entire movie before we were like, oh, it's a place in Alaska. It's a place in Alaska. And then when we get to this one, it's like, no, it's a ship that just happened to travel past Alaska. It's just going down the coast. Oh, what a twist. <laughs> it probably went back and forth. Oh, it said that it traveled the coast on that region to pick up survivors for test subjects. You know, like that would have been a cool thing if not for the, oh, it's really Umbrella doing the shit. You know, that's a, kind of a smart idea. Mm-hmm. Until the next movie. I meant like if it wasn't f- <laughs> Jesus Christ. If it wasn't Arbella taking survivors in. Thank you. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, is there anything else you want to bring up? Nah. Got anything, Daniel? I guess we won't get the BSAA. Yeah, it was kind of a letdown too. That was like the perfect intro to the BSAA, but nah. Well, nah. In his universe, though, once the virus spread, it was apocalypse, unlike the Prime universe where it's isolated incidences. Yeah, what's with Chris being in the military, too? Like he wasn't want to bring in <laughs> the... We don't want to bring any other agencies in. Mm. We're just going to make him active military. He went from being inactive to back to active status. At least they made him some sort of mm. military... You know, even if it is just like the U.S. military instead of like the BSA or stars or like whatever it is, at least they made him some sort of military. 
yeah, and not just some guy. Mm, yeah, because he would have avoided stars being part of stars too. But we didn't get a lot of that either from Apocalypse. No. <laughs> Maybe Leon took like him and Leon slip flopped. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Even though he is gonna randomly pop up in the next movie. Oh, so much broken with the next one. Anyway. <laughs> So I guess we're done with our discussion. So I guess it's time for ratings. Ariel, what do you got? Oh, I actually get to go first. You get to go first. Wow. So I give this a four out of five Leons. I loved the introduction of new BOWs. Even if they were like, you know, mainly off of all of off of five. But still, it was still an introduction of new BOWs. Mm hmm. Uh, the different type of quote-unquote zombies with the Majini and, you know, so on and so forth. I loved that. The little nod to Revelations. I love that they brought Chris in. So, I like, I loved all these elements. The only reason it gets a four instead of a five. Too many too many holes in the plot for me the story was kind of but not really there mm. they had like an attempt at a story it's too many holes too many holes for me and felt rushed so that's why it's getting 4 out of 5 I did like the movie I did enjoy it but it's not going to be a five unless I got that story. <laughs> I'm going to need that story. Well, Daniel, what do you got? I think rating wise, I'm going to agree with Ariel with basically a four out of five Rebecca's. Mm. Overall, I liked it. I've liked most of the Resident Evil movies. I'm questionable on certain parts, of course. Um, a big plus to this one, aside from having my BOWs from five to an extent because we know my thoughts on that uh, <laughs> is the Chris Claire fight with Wesker which mirrored the Chris Sheva fight with Wesker in 5 that was real good to see so I love 5 definitely helped out their rating <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I hated some characters like some characters was same thing with Ariel questionable on why they did certain things or why they didn't answer certain things. A simple couple sentences would have clarified possible things. I know there's times been strange, but overall I like the story and special effects and it had my BOWs. Okay. So I guess that just leaves me. I'm going to have to give it four out of five hunks as well. Wow, you actually... Like went with the same number as I us? did. Uh, I same reasonings, um, but I felt like this was more pushed on the action derivative side than it was the storyline side. I feel like, yes, I didn't get enough story to give it a five out of five, but I also understand why because they were trying to push that action aspect of it, that gore, that guts, that blood, that violence aspect of this one. And they openly said, we wanted to push it more towards this. I feel like that was a poor choice. 
I mean, you can have great action Mm -hmm. while still having a story. We've seen it in how many different TV series is there out now? Last of Us. We had it in... um, Well, and even just movies, like... Because, yeah, you could argue and say series has multiple episodes to go over a story. Yeah. Just even... There's a ton of action movies out there. That's nothing but action. Yet, there's still a story going on. And this one, it was like, they kind of, you know, you had... We had to get from A to B Mm -hmm. to C, but... The lines were so jagged and holy and... Could have just made a clear line. Yeah. So yeah, four out of five hunks for me. There's a lot to love about this movie. It's just there's not really a whole lot of story questions answered. <laughs> Except for the number of zombies. Right? Except for the number of zombies. We knew the exact number of zombies. I mean, I'm okay with that point. Oh my gosh. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Ariel, do you have anything you want to share with our listeners? Yeah. Retribution's the next movie. Anything else? Anywhere we can chat with you, hang out with you? Anything you got going on behind the scenes? Well, I don't do much of, you know, anything fun. Because Aaron doesn't let me do anything fun. That's not even remotely true. (laughs) 100%. So, basically, you can just catch me on Discord... But please tag me because I'm also an awful human being. (laughs) I try really hard to get in there, but I will 100% see it if you tag me (laughs) because it'll ping on my phone. So, yeah, that's basically Discord. I did get on Twitch that one time and play Resident Evil 4 Remake. Which we need to do again at some point soon. Yeah, it was all right. (laughs) <laughs> we got we got our uh, our capture card now so we can actually put you on Twitch and have sound effects and stuff going on. That'll be more fun. Y'all want to scare me? You they, should do they, it. They do it to me and Aaron all the time. Yep. You should do it. And then try, Benny try Hiller scare me. make her run around the map just trying to dodge zombies. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Los Plagos. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh boy uh, well Daniel where can we hang out with you what do you got going on behind the scenes well, certainly not at my house but <laughs> <laughs> well once my internet is fixed which should hopefully be soon <laughs> should be by the time this episode's released I yep. hope so generally you can catch me on twitch slash fumbling for Daniel and that is a four as the number not spelled out I generally stream on Mondays and Thursdays around 7 p.m. Central Time. Lately, I've been playing Skyrim on Mondays and Far Cry Primal now on Thursdays. And then depending on what Aaron plays and when he streams, I will either hop in and stream with him or just hang out or sometimes just annoy him and chat. Sometimes. Not all the time. Once my internet's back. Especially if we play Phasmophobia. I keep trying to get Aaron to play Phasmophobia all the time. Oh, that's going to happen. That's where you can catch me. You can also catch me on Twitter slash Daniel. That's where I post when I go live, as well as the Discord. I'm generally more active in the Discord than Ariel is. 
You don't necessarily have to tag me, but you can if you want. <laughs> Listen, I claim it's because Aaron makes me so busy that I can't get on Discord. Don't worry, when I'm at work, Always I Always my I look. fault. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have a Discord notification? Let me just answer this while I'm working. Oh, my gosh. I don't care. I don't care. The only uh, notifications I get is if somebody messages me or, like, tags me. Yeah. I know we tag Aaron because Aaron don't reply to us either. I try so hard, but I get so busy. I'm trying to think if there's I'm gonna any, ADHD it. If there's anywhere else to catch me, I don't think so. No, I don't think you got it all. I don't think so. I'll remember something later. <laughs> well, to wrap it up in a nice little bow, uh, you can catch me uh, Twitch streaming every Wednesday at 8 p.m. and Saturdays at 9 p.m. on Almighty Crit. Uh, that's on Twitch. You can also get a hold of me and hang out with me on Discord. Uh, make sure you tag me. Almighty Crit is my Discord name, for those of you who don't know, because everybody looks for Aaron, Resident Evil Aaron, Resident Evil Lorecast Aaron, and nobody ever finds me. It's Almighty Crit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want to hang out, talk, um, chat with us in Discord, hang out in the streams, got all kinds of fun things you can make us do in the streams and scream at us with sound effects and uh, all kinds. We're going to be adding more to the streams here soon. Uh, once I figure out all this, the fun command buttons and stuff we can add. Uh, this weekend, uh, which by the time this airs will have passed, we were doing VR. Uh, doing Phasmophobia VR. So that's going to be fun. Uh, I think we might do that a couple times. So if you didn't catch it this past weekend, you'll definitely catch it sometime this week. Um, but yeah, we, we're, we've got stuff in the works from behind the scenes. We're going to try to do some game nights with fans on Twitch here soon. Um, it's just a good old time. Myself, Daniel, Grim, Mark from the other podcasts. We all jump on, have fun. Ariel, whenever she gets a chance, jumps on and has fun with us. That was like one time with Resident <laughs> Evil 4 because Aaron doesn't let me play with his friends. That's not true. It is. Uh, you know, we've had Wolf join us, you know, all kinds. If you're if you're up for it and we've got slots open, we always invite as many people as you can. So, uh, but yeah, that's it for us. So thank you all for listening and tune in to the next episode, which is Ariel. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Retribution. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and a review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.